What is going on, DC family? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast, a podcast brought to you by DMV Sports Network. I'm your host, Brendan. You can find me at Twitter, um, at Twitter, Threes is Trist. Uh, our usual host, Frank, is not here. This is why I'm stuttering right now, because I'm distraught. But instead, I got <laughs> one of my loyal guys from DMVSN, Dom. Let the people know where they can find you, and then we'll get this thing rolling. Yes, sir. Going to be back on the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Dallin Thunder. Uh, tweet all things DC sports, uh, Wizards, Cavs, Nats, Skins, all of it. Uh, so check me out there. All right. So let's get this popping. So if you guys didn't listen to the last episode, Frank, Damo, and myself kind of went over what we thought the Wizards might do, uh, kind of went over different things they could possibly uh, do to improve the roster. Uh, I predicted that they would make one move, and I predicted that they would be that they would be a buyer. And while I don't necessarily agree that they were buyers, they did make not one move but two moves. Uh, they sent Jordan McRae, a fan favorite, over to the Denver Nuggets for Shabazz Napier, who the Wizards wanted to sign a couple years ago, I believe, but things didn't work out one way or another. And then we traded Isaiah Thomas away in a three-team mm-hmm. deal, along with the draft rights to Yusuf Sanon. Um, and in return, we got former lottery pick uh, Jerome Robinson. So what yeah. did you think about these two deals? And did you dislike one of them, like one of them, like them combined? Or what do you think? Yeah, we, we talked about this yesterday a bit. Um, like, if you look at these deals separately, McCray for Napier, uh, IT for Jerome Robinson, I I call both of those – well, I call McCray one – the McCray one – Maybe a wash. I liked McCray, you know, 13 points per game. Um, has kind of been one of the few guys that's really developed here. And so we trade him away uh, to get Napier, who's, you know, sort of a career backup point guard on expiring deals and not going to be here, you know, past this year. So I look at that trade, maybe a wash at best. But then you look at the IT trade, which came soon after, and then you sort of understood what they were doing from the McCray thing. And that's just, to me, an obvious when you get a guy with a ton of upside uh, in a position of need, former lottery pick, as you said, and we deal away a guy who, who just has not been uh, what we hoped for. And, you know, another young guy to develop, for me, that's, that deal was a win. And then if you look at both deals in total, yes, I would say the Wizards won the day. And yeah, what, what did you think? Yeah, I thought that um, the McRae trade was a little bit odd. And then after – I knew that they were interested in Robinson. And after they made the trade there, I figured that the Robinson trade was going to come at some point because, like, okay, well, now they have – um, a hole at the wing position. So I figured that trade was going to go through. I didn't know that they'd be able to pretty much turn Isaiah Thomas into that. So I think that that trade uh, is pretty incredible. And uh, Sanon was the last Ernie Grunfeld draft pick. So yeah. um, all of the Ernie people, <laughs> Beal and Troy Brown, I believe, are gone. So um, everyone else, right. I, I think, on the roster has been from Tommy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, Mahini, well, did Ernie? Yeah, Mahimi and Ernie. Did he acquire Bryant last year? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He acquired Bryant, but um, 
I guess you kind of give Tommy credit for that, though, because we don't know if Ernie would have paid Thomas Bryant that money to come back. True. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess credit where it's due. Uh, he found Thomas Bryant, got him here, and um, he's played really well. Anyway, so for the people interested in knowing a little bit more details about both of these players in terms of contract, Napier's expires after this season. So yeah. that was another thing that confused me a little bit when they made a trade for another point guard because right. I like Gary Payton the second just fine. But if they were going to have another point guard on a multi-year deal, it just didn't make sense because we already have Ish Smith for another year as well. And then obviously John Wall will be back. So Napier may just be a guy that kind of fills the backup point guard role for the rest of the season. And who knows, and I'm not saying this should happen, but maybe they decide to turn Ish Smith into some sort of player or a pick this summer. And they just re-sign Napier on a team-friendly deal. Uh, you know, we don't know what's going to go on there. And then um, yeah. Jerome Robinson already has a deal uh already has a year guaranteed um, for next season. And then after that, it will be a team option that the Wizards, I believe, will have to decide on by October. I think that's that's the month yeah. where uh, teams have to decide for the next year if they're going to keep them or not. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously, Robinson, a player that the Wizards can develop. Uh, we needed a position, and now you have him, Troy Brown, Bonga, and Wagner all from uh, that 2018 draft. So Tommy didn't really switch up his philosophy here at the deadline. He, um, you know, signed a filler, but it didn't really hurt the team one way or, or traded for a filler, and it didn't really hurt the team one way or another. And then we got a young player that I truly believe they can develop and be a solid rotational player next year. So um, pretty good stuff here by Tommy. Yeah, Robinson's going to be interesting because obviously going to the draft, I think the Wizards were even high on him. And obviously mm-hmm. that was the old regime, but – um, you know, 13th overall pick was really a 41% three-point shooter at Boston College um, was, I mean, that's crazy good. And But he comes in, he's just sort of not had a, any sort of role with the, uh, with the Clippers, just 75 career games, three points per game. So it's just a complete change of scenery for him. And the Wizards will, I mean, given their current stature will be able to give him a lot of minutes and try to develop him um i'm excited because you know, he's his he profiles well he's gonna get a lot of run here and uh yeah hopefully it works out napier again i'm i'm not too high on um just sort of a, a stopgap player for the rest of this year um uh, but yeah excited about robinson definitely uh excited to see what Brooks and the staff are going to be able to do with him. Yeah, I was going to look over his highlights, and I only found, like, a couple highlight videos because, right. again, like you said, he just really hadn't played a whole lot. So, But if you go to if you go on YouTube, Shabazz Napier highlights, he's been balling this year. So, um, you know, we don't expect him maybe to take over the starting point guard position. Um, you know, I think that Ish Smith is fine with that. And actually, we're recording here um, tonight. This will probably release either late after the game against the Mavericks or in the morning after the game. But um, – the starting lineup tonight, he has a Smith starting and Beal, Bonga, Rui, and Mahinmi, which is um, a pretty good starting lineup, I'd say. So uh, we'll talk more about the trade stuff real quick, but I just want to get all the wizard stuff out of the way yeah. here early. So what do you expect um, going into the second half here? Uh, not really the second half, but the last stretch of games here for the Wizards post-trade deadline. Um, do you think that it's possible that they can make a postseason run here or you just kind of see in – uh, what they have in the young guys for the rest of the season and then uh, try and maybe make a splash in the off season. If not, everybody's got to be ready to rock and roll next year. So what are your thoughts on just this whole thing here as we close yeah. out the season? 
I mean, it's possible they get in, right? They're, uh, you look at the standings, they're basically the same distance away from eighth as they are to the 15th seed. So they're just mm-hmm. they're sort of right in there. I wonder if the trading IT away is sort of going to change our philosophy for the rest of the year um, with these starting lives and sort of, uh, you know, playing the young guys a lot more, not really worrying about wins. Like, I would like to see uh, Yamihimi just relegated to the bench permanently. Uh, I would like to see a lot more of Troy Brown, a lot more of Rui. I want to see some AP. I want to see Peyton. I want to see uh, a lot of Robinson. And then if they happen to, you know, win a few games here, it's a terrible Eastern Conference. They happen to back into the eighth. As a fan, that'll be fun to watch, regardless of of what happens in a, a series with the Bucks. But um, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm not exactly. Uh, I don't exactly think they're going to get the eighth, but. It's at least something to watch for. And um, I, I agree, but I, I truly think that they could make a postseason run, and it's unfortunate that – and I agree with you, Mahimi should go to the bench, but the reason he is starting right now is because, unfortunately, Thomas Bryant um, has a little bit more of a setback now from that stress reaction in his right foot. That is now going to keep him sidelined, I believe they were saying, for at least the next few games. Uh, we'll see what comes of that, but hopefully this doesn't turn into a big deal. Obviously, Bradley Beal didn't have a stress reaction in his foot, but he did have something in his leg that he was able to come back from. I mean, re- we all remember that they were saying Bradley was going to have to play on restricted minutes for the rest of his career and all that. Uh, Scott Bricks pretty much came in here and said, no, that's not true. And, um, you know, the training staff and everyone helped him get back to where he needs to be. So hopefully they can do the same thing with Bryant. But... um Another thing that came out was that John Wall is not expected to play for the rest of the season. But right. John Wall did say recently in a video, he said, y'all going to see me soon. <laughs> so what do you make of that? Do you think that there is a chance that he plays this year? And if so, do you think that, that, do you think that he should even consider it? Or do you think that he should just, um, you know, just wait it out and play it safe and let the younger guys get all the minutes and all that? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you, you watch those videos and he just – seems like he'd step on the court today and and be close to his right. former self but obviously it's a, in the franchise's best interest especially since they're you know, tied down with this contract to i think let him just make him sit out the rest of the year um and sort of bring him back healthy next year you'll re-sign Bertans hopefully you'll have that big three moving forward uh some more development from Rui from Bryant Brown those guys and you'll make the run next year. I'm just, I'm not that high on, you know, say Wall comes back 10 games left in the season. And like, I, I just don't see them gelling in time uh, to make a, a real run in the playoffs. They get that eight seed, you know, it, it just almost never happens that an eighth will make a run like that. So I would like to see them hold, hold out John until next season and sort of move forward from there. I think it'd be nice as a franchise player to see him for a few games, uh, just because it's been so long since we've seen him play. I think, um, I mean, we've reached over the year mark, I think, because I think it was either today or yesterday, um, a year exactly that he got injured. Right. So um, I think it was the six, right? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not going to stress myself out about it. um, Yeah. Yeah. It was early February. So, um, 
what do you make of the whole going back to the trade thing real quick and then we'll get to some other trades around the association but what do you think of the decision not to trade Bertans? yeah i was kind of earlier in this trade process i was kind of pushing them to trade Bertans, but as just the more i thought about it you know the most you're getting back from him would be a you know a late first because you're going to give him to a playoff team maybe right. a young guy or two to develop but we got a young we got Jerome Robinson you know that's we have plenty of young guys to develop plenty. at this point yeah it's it's like how many do you need so um and i i am intrigued just thinking about it more the the idea of Wall playing with a guy like Bertans and him being a piece uh, here for the long haul um he's talked about he wants to stay shepherd's talked about how he wants him back and yeah in the end i agree with it i i, I heard boston made a, a strong push but i don't know what from them we could have gotten that would have excited me um i'm happy with the trades they did make and i'm happy we kept bertans yeah i am too he's obviously a really valuable player and again you talk about when john Wall comes back the way he can get up and down the floor and hopefully he does that relatively well or really well uh, when he comes back and you know that'll be a guy that can space the floor and, and we've seen like he brings teams like, he brings us back against teams like by himself sometimes like it's absolutely incredible yeah. so um even though he may be a tremendous liability on the defensive floor um i'm certainly glad that the wizards are keeping him around and um i hope that they can sign him because if they don't sign him this summer this is going to look really bad on tommy Oh, yeah. So, um, because I, I think that they could have, again, like you said, they could have gotten young players or maybe some vets um, on decent multi year deals or, you know, what may have you. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, they could have gotten something for them. So, um, moving on around the association, some uh, division rivals, not that it's truly <laughs> a rival to the Wizards, but they made a move. Uh, the Rockets uh, traded yeah. Clint Capella to the Atlanta Hawks. So now the Atlanta Hawks have. Trey Young, and then in the front court they have John Collins and uh, Clint Capella, and on the wing they have guys like Kevin Herter, uh, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. So, what did you make of the whole Clint Capella trade, and do you think that it was a good move for the Hawks? Yeah, I don't even know if I fully processed the trade yet, um, but for the Hawks, uh, their future looks bright. I thought they'd be a little better this year uh, than they have been, but Capella's a nice piece. Um, you know, kind of almost the same sort of uh, sort of outlook as the Wizards in terms of developing those young guys and then seeing where that goes. Um, I mean, yeah, the the Hawks are definitely a team on the up. Uh, good move to get Capella. Um, yeah, good move to get Capella. So I'm going to quiz you here. Do you remember how many new players the Timberwolves have now? Ah. Uh, how many new players uh, mm-hmm. got me stumped? <laughs> Seven. Seven new players. Wow. Yeah, that's yep, crazy. They got uh, Malik Beasley, um, Juan Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt, Omari Spellman, Jacob Evans, James Johnson, and then, of course, D'Angelo Russell. Right. So switching over to that now with the whole Timberwolves and Warriors trade, uh, what do you make of getting Andrew Wiggins now alongside uh, Clay and Steph, and then Cat getting to play with his buddy D'Lo? Yeah, that's it's definitely an interesting move. Um, I don't know how Wiggins is going to fit in with the Warriors. I don't know if they're intending to flip him or not. But from the Timberwolves' 
standpoint, it's good to just get Cat happy because it's, it's clear what their top priority was. And um, who knows, maybe they make a run at Devin Booker. I know he's also been sort of linked to those two. But yeah. it, unfortunate for them that they had to do this via trade and give up various picks when they went hard after him in the summer. But they got their guy, and I'll be curious to see how those two fit together. It was really weird because D'Lo was rumored to the Timberwolves over the offseason, and then um, also just the fit with him and the Warriors was really weird. So I was like, I don't know. The Timberwolves could have just bypassed this whole process, and D'Lo could have already been a Timberwolf. So (laughs) it confuses me as to why it took so long because that seemed like the logical fit for him. Yeah. Um, during the offseason if he wasn't going to re-sign with Brooklyn. But I know that the Wiggins thing probably won't help much. Um, you know, Steph and Clay. I think that he's another wing that can score, I guess, and he shoots the ball relatively well. So, um, I mean, that's something to work with. We obviously know he's a defensive liability. Uh, but I think that he's a better fit than D'Angelo Russell. And I think that yeah. D'Angelo Russell um, was a much-needed player in Minnesota because they needed a point guard in there. I mean, for they've now been rolling with guys like uh, Napier, who we have Napier, now as your starter, yeah. which isn't necessarily, uh, you know, the best thing. And then guys like Jeff Teague, who's now an Atlanta Hawk. But um, So, you know, just happy that they finally got a point guard. Hopefully they can build something up there. They're still missing an elite wing, so we don't know if Jarrett Culver will kind of, will kind of turn into that player or not. But um, mm-hmm. maybe they're one of the teams over the offseason that get aggressive and make a, and make a move for someone. Well, that's interesting – I mean, just what you said about Deal, like he, if he really wanted to play with Towns, he would have just signed with the Timberwolves in the offseason and instead basically forced him to give up a bunch of picks and players um, <laughs> to, to get there. So, um, yeah, that'll be, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, I like to see the Wolves go after that third piece. Maybe not, I don't know who's available next offseason, but certainly offseason after to finally make a run they've been uh sort of in the in the depths of the west for a while yeah there were a couple times there where they got kind of close i think i think one year they were up there with denver right and then denver got it the last second i think that was a couple of seasons ago i don't remember yeah yeah um moving on now back to another eastern conference move the cleveland cavaliers made probably the biggest trade of the Mm -hmm. trade deadline in acquiring andre drummond from the Detroit Pistons, and they sent away Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second-round pick, which yeah, seems like a really good deal for the Cavs. So, so they, the Cavs get a big next to Kevin Love, and then um, obviously Darius Garland and uh, Colin Sexton in that backcourt. So what do you think now of the Cavs? And it is also rumored, by the way, that he will, in fact, accept his player option for next season. So Drummond will at least be able to finish out this season, and then um, if reports are correct, he'll, he'll be back for a whole other season next year. Yeah, Drummond's an interesting player because just looking at the his the stats he puts up, it it seems like he's you know top five center. But there's always kind of something that's been lacking with him. Um, you know, Pistons couldn't really go far with him. He couldn't really take them to the next level. But on a rebuilding team, the Cavs, I think he fits well. If nothing else, as as just sort of a a star for fans to come out and see. Like, that's good for a, a young team like that to have a vet in there that has some pedigree. So, yeah, I They'll think be that's kind a, of... it's a good move. I mean, they, they didn't give up anything um, yeah. and got a great, great center in return. 
It'll be interesting now how they have that Love and Drummond uh, front court. I mean, we knew that Kevin Love hated playing the five. I mean, he's openly said it. He'd rather play the four. So now maybe they're one of those teams that is more slow-paced. Um, but that'll be interesting because that'll right. be one of the teams left that only operates like that. Because we've even seen now with the Rockets, like they're extreme right. small ball. Well, and the other thing is maybe Love stays now because, of course, for the past however many months with this whole, you know, the way Beeline's been running things over there, he's the rumors have been at least that he's wanted out. So you wonder if this is maybe going to keep him there. Yeah, that that little uh, Twitter thing they had going on yesterday was uh, was real sweet. Touch the heart. So uh, hopefully they get to um, form a dynamic duo in the paint over there in Cleveland. Uh, we'll cover two more trades here, and then uh, we'll go ahead and get out of here because uh, we do want to watch the watch Wizards game eye. that is yeah. that is coming on. Um, I got it paused right now at the beginning. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let's go to the Clippers real quick. Uh, they got Marcus yeah. Morris in a three-team trade. Uh, let me pull up the details of the trade chart. I forget exactly what happened. I think Mo Harkless was involved, if I'm not mistaken. I th- yeah, Mo Harkless went to the Knicks. Um, and obviously that was the deal that sent Isaiah Thomas over to the Clippers, who they released and um, brought us Jerome Robinson. So now the Clippers are reportedly going to go with a starting lineup of Pat Beverly, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Marcus Morris, and then Zubach. So, I mean yeah. – could could you be any more versatile defensively and any more big in a starting lineup? No, and I, I mean I had no idea that Morris was having the kind of year he's had. I mean, yeah, what twenty points per game? That's up like six or seven from his career averages. Like that is a legitimate, you know, fourth or fifth option on that offense. And of course, he can play defense, and that's what's great about him. Um. I mean, it's a it's a great move for the Clippers. Uh, I just kind of want to fast forward to the playoffs right now. I want to see that Clippers Lakers series. Uh, we can kind of just cancel the rest of the season. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, the, the West is shaping up to be kind of interesting though, because Denver's right there. Who knows with the addition oh. of um, Jordan McRae and all that, if uh, their bench production picks up a little bit more, even though I know it was already pretty decent. Um, so who knows how the West is going to finish up, but we're definitely looking forward to that, uh, Lakers and Clippers Western conference finals. And the last year or the last deal I want to cover really quick is the Iguodala trade. So the Miami heat got Andre Iguodala, uh, Jamison Crowder and Solomon Hill and justice Winslow, Dion waiters and James Johnson. Um, went to different teams. I, I, Waiters and Winslow went to the Grizzlies, I believe, and then James Johnson, as I mentioned earlier, went to the Timberwolves. So um, what do you make of this deal for Miami, given that they got rid of some of these contracts? And I know Winslow, I guess, was having a pretty decent year. I was never a big Justice Winslow guy. Yeah, um, but they add two very versatile wings and a very good player in the playoffs, in my opinion, in Jake Crowder. Um, but they also get equal dollar, and then they extend him two more years. So what do you think about that move for the Heat? And do you think that solidifies um, them more as a top threat in the Eastern Conference, given how weak it is? Uh, it's possible. Um, obviously, Iguodala hasn't played this year. Uh, he's kind of been uh, sitting out, pouting on the Grizzlies. Um, he's he's a good bench player, obviously. He has all the experience. I don't know if this really puts them over the top. I think they're still a cut below, um, you know, the Celtics, the Raptors, those teams. But they're definitely a threat for that second round. 
and this just makes them deeper if nothing else for sure yeah they've always for a few years now i think they've been kind of um, recognized as one of the more deeper teams in the eastern conference and certainly uh they gained some depth here obviously rookie breakouts like hendrick nunn and Tyler Hero, and then you add in Jimmy Butler, a solid veteran like Goran Dragic. Bam Adebayo is obviously an all-star this year. And then you talk about adding Crowder and Iguodala into that mix. I mean, I think you have a very versatile and solid all-around team for the postseason that, uh, you know, maybe have not as good depth as Milwaukee, but I think it's right there. And then obviously the Sixers also have some pretty decent depth as well. So I think those are the three teams to look out for. I, I know the Raptors are on this big winning streak, but I refuse to take them seriously uh-huh. per usual. Um, I just don't will. think the Ky- No, I never will. Um, the Kawhi's gone this year. I just don't think that Kyle Lowry's going to be able to do it by himself in the postseason. So, um, yeah. do you have any more thoughts on the Wizards or anything that we talked about before we go ahead and get out of here? Um, no, I mean, like we mentioned before, it's going to be interesting to see how Brooks handles these starting lineups and how he balances going for that eight seed versus the development of the younger guys. Um, I know you've read the starting line for tonight out loud. I forget it, unfortunately, but uh, I'm hoping that we see some starts from ish just because I I don't see Napier being a, a long-term solution here. So I, and obviously ish is under contract for next season. So as, as many of those guys as possible, uh, on the court at the same time, that'd be best for me. And we agreed on no more Mahimi. Who knows if that's going to happen? Uh, but yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how we build up these minutes and bounces everything out. Absolutely. And before we get out of here, guys, once again, you can find me on Twitter at Reasons Trice. You can follow Dom at Dom and Thunder. Make sure to check out our Twitter page. We just relaunched it. Uh, We have been inactive for a while, but it's uh, at DMV underscore SN. Thank you guys for listening. Frank will be back next episode, and maybe we'll have Don back, or maybe we'll have someone else. We're going to keep trying to get guests on here to talk some Wizards basketball. As always, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time.